Okay, guys, hello and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 55. Um, we are very honored to have such a great guest today. We've got Justin Little here. Um, Justin, you know, you're going to see his name a lot. He, he's coming through. He's, he's all over the place. Um, but he's a realtor with Remax Escarpment. Um, and we're going we're gonna to get to know him today. Going to get into it. Thanks for having me, Dan. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Um, just before we get started, guys, just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Episode 55. Every time I do an episode, I just think, wow, can't believe we're here. Um, but, uh, but today's really about getting the most out of people like Justin. Uh, we couldn't be here without him. And then uh, for all the listeners out there, just getting as much value as you can. So really excited to have you. So Justin, tell, tell us a little about it. First of all, let's start with the slogan. Start with the slogan, little name, big results. It's a <laughs> <I> great was, slogan. <laughs> I was dying. Uh, I know we were talking about it before, how yeah. since grade eight, I've had that slogan. Yeah. Yeah, I know we're going to get into how I became an agent. It's not too far after that. But. Yeah, yeah. I remember, we had a couple when I was a kid, like guest is best, and there's a couple other ones. But uh, let me be your guest is always a hilarious one. I used to get like in a lot of trouble from some of the, the supply teachers because they would say, oh, it's guess, it's guess, guess my last name. Just, no, just add a T, sweetheart. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. So to get into it, we're, we've we've shifted a little bit, guys, as you'll you'll notice in the podcast. But the first question is, what was your first job? So you know what? I had to think about this. The first paid job was actually Danier Leather. I was uh, at Mapleview Mall. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. I worked as a, the cashier, and then okay. eventually. Like later in high school, grade 12, I became a sales and I was just slinging leather jackets. That, oh, see, I love that because that brings me, that brings me back because I remember they had the Danny and other pop-ups. Yeah. Right? And they had the one in Ancaster as well. Yeah. We'd get like, because those are the days where you started to drink, right? And obviously you started at 19, but 20, but it would always, I was always running hot, right? So you come in with your sick leather jacket. <laughs> You're going down to Hess, and then you always end up leaving it there. Oh yeah, the yeah. leather coats. Yeah, and that was a that was a fun job. That was and it was commission based too. Which At I guess, that age, yeah. So, so it was, how old uh, were you when you when you started there? Sixteen. Sixteen. Seventeen when I got into sales. Yeah, <laughs> when I got into that with uh, Dandy Leather. That's amazing. And you were in the you were in Mapleview. So uh, Mapleview is where I started. Then I was at Lime Ridge for a couple of years, and then I actually went back when I was in university and did like a seasonal at that Ancaster location, Come the on. warehouse there. Yeah, yeah. And I set uh, like I didn't set a record, but I got uh, this one huge sale. I sold like thirty five hundred dollars in coats and bags and stuff to one person. <laughs> I ended up getting a bunch of gift cards. <laughs> they gave me like all these perks. It was amazing. I bought this really nice leather carry on bag. Yeah, I call it my Vegas bag. Okay. So you know when you go to Vegas, wear a suit, and then just put everything in one leather bag. I just feel like that's the way to roll off a plane when you're getting to Vegas. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to get started. So, so Daniel Leather, amazing. That That's, you know, we haven't had too many of these questions be answered yet. So that, that's good. But I think you're, you're winning at the moment. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I think, I think that's a win. It was good. Yeah. That's good. So from Daniel Leather, uh, what got you into real estate? What was the journey like? So I wanted to get into real estate since high school, probably since I was since I was like 16, 17, around that age, I was like, man, I want to be a real estate agent. And it wasn't because I wanted to actually be a real estate agent. It was, do you remember those shows on TV, like Flip This House, yep. Boston, and Flip This House, whatever it used to be. And I used to watch it as a kid and I was like, man, these guys are going in. That seems like a fun way to make money. I'd love to do that. And I'm thinking, how can I do that? You know, if I become a real estate agent, then I can kind of do get into the market, understand things, get paid to be an agent, but then use that money 
to then begin doing flips. Like it was more of an entry point for me. Okay. So I wanted to do it out of high school. My parents said absolutely not. Especially my (laughs) mom was like, no way you're going to university. You're getting a degree. Really? Which I know is like a lot of people my age, I know got pushed into university. Right. So I got a degree in sociology. Nice. All right. Which, what am I, social work I'm going to do? But I got it. Parents are happy, right? Four years at McMaster University. Were they happy when you were done? Yeah, of course. Like they, my, for my parents never really got an education to them. It was a huge thing for me to get a post-secondary education and graduate from a university. So their degree was super important to them. Um, And I guess to me too, one thing I will say is A, it was one of the funnest times of my life. Like four years of just, it was great. Yeah. And then, uh, and then of course, I do think that there is something to be said for it because you do learn to communicate in ways that you might not learn if you didn't, you know, go after that. So, um, so yeah, right when I graduated from university, next thing I did was got my real estate license. Yeah. And that's a huge conversation, right? Is the concept of, and I think that especially we know in the trades industry talking about post-secondary, it's like, oh no, screw that. Just join the trades. It's like, it's not just like what you just said. I think a lot of people don't re- maybe recommend or understand when they're either putting their kids through now that we're a little bit older talking about children. What would you do with your kids? But like the network that you probably created as well. Like mm-hmm. how many people from university are now your clients? Yeah, tons, which is surprising considering how I was in university. <laughs> <laughs> but I was always fun and I was always a giver. And yeah. I guess that that now pays off because people remember, well, like I was always fun every yeah. time I went out, right? Like it was a good thing, I guess. Yeah. And, and you, you know, create, you're creating that personal brand, good or bad, yeah. <laughs> you know, at the beginning of your career. Yeah. So, um, so you finished sociology, parents are happy now. Then it was like next day, real estate. Uh, I took the summer off. Okay. I enjoyed myself. Yep. And then... Because uh, you didn't I, enjoy yourself at all during... No, the, well, you know, yeah. I wanted to take a little bit of break. I yeah. wanted to just finish school. Yeah. Come on, right? So then, uh, yeah, jumped in, you know, got my license, and then I was licensed by the following spring. And for someone it. that doesn't know, because I don't know, um, what's the licensing process to become a realtor? So back then, it was probably the equivalent of a driver's test. It was not very difficult at all, which is actually one of the biggest issues with our industry, is that just anybody and everybody could so easily get their real estate license, right? It just, uh, it's, uh, so it was a simple process back then. It was maybe six to eight months of class. You just paid the courses and the tests were 50 multiple choice questions. I don't think it's much different now. I think now though, it's mandatory minimum one year, okay. but I'm not hundred percent sure. Before you can practice. Yeah. And is that full-time? Is it part-time? Full-time. And is it expensive to take the course? As far as I know, not really. I think, well, when I did it, it was like 1500 bucks to do everything. I think now it's closer to that four or 5000 mark. Okay. But it's not much more expensive. A little bit of a barrier to entry. Yeah, a little bit. And then you have to do the schooling and stuff too, which I guess is a little bit harder than it was when I did it. Yeah. But still, it's very, very easy barrier to entry. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got started. Did you join a team on your own? So when I first started, I was on my own, did two deals in my first year. Okay. <laughs> so off to a slow start, yep. but I'm like 22 years old. Okay. I'm in real estate. Who's going to trust a 22? You know what I mean? When I'm trying to open houses, I could do an open house at 22 years old. Somebody could be in their, I don't know, fifties. You know, I could be licensed for three years. They could be licensed for two months. Somebody's going to trust the person in there just because they, they think that experience, right? Yeah. So we really had to work at it. But then after that, uh, I pretty much started rolling on my own. And then eventually after a couple of years, I ended up joining up with uh, Team Grande. Amazing. I think it's pretty well known in the city. Yeah. Yeah. And so what made that transition? 
Well, Maddie, a day. The leader team guy is a fantastic guy. I don't know if you ever met him. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He's, uh, that guy's an enigma. He's really one of a kind, unique, um, the way he does things. You, nobody could replicate that guy's business. He is just such a special person. Um, and I saw where he was going in the business. And this was before the team was such a big thing. It was just uh, him and his buddy, Dave, uh, that owns Mr. Grande Pizza. So I got in early and then we grew it over the last seven years until eventually I exited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what's that like? I don't know. Like I, I look at it all a lot of times, like, you know, coming to work. I remember back in the day when it was just me on, in, in a van. Like you're working by yourself every day, taking the calls, doing the paperwork, following up on the leads, doing all that stuff. Do you find yourself like that kind of – because I think – I guess my question is, what would you recommend doing at an entry level of, um, of real estate? If you're getting into it, I do think that – Unless you do have a large network and you're coming into this very confident that you're going to do well, I don't think it hurts to join a team at the start and join a bigger team, a team that provides you with leads, provides you with business that's going to get you rolling because that experience really helps because the real estate school does not prepare you at all. I see it. People gain out. People can't even write offers when they get out of school. It's ridiculous. And you need to get that experience to learn how to show properties, learn how to use a lockbox. There's so many times I get a call from an agent. I can't get your lockbox open. What do you mean you can't get my lockbox open, right? Um, they just never seen a lockbox like it before, I guess. I don't know. It's four so, to six digits yeah. numerical or, you know. Yeah. Or the old, the vest is the old locker ones. That's how you can <laughs> tell when an agent was licensed in the 80s. Yeah. They still have that on it. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's like their dog's pet name. Yeah. But I would say join a team for sure. Yeah. And just learning the experience, getting involved. And then go from there. When you're comfortable on your own and it makes sense, make the jump. Yeah. Man, good for you. And so what made you make the jump? Was it confidence? Was it comfort? Um, I think I grew as much as I could with the team. I don't regret any time with it. It was just such a great experience. I learned so much from Matt, probably one of the biggest mentors in my life. Amazing. And it was a hard decision. It was very emotional to leave because I put so much blood and sweat and tears. Well, not blood, I guess, but sweat and tears into that team, right? And growing it to where it was. And then I just thought, you know what? In order for me to personally go to the next level I want to go to, I have to make this transition. And so I, the time was right, um, and I made the jump, and that was it. Haven't looked back since. Haven't looked back since. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you, man. It's something to be very proud of going on on your own. And you know what? As a, as a mentor myself and seeing other people, he's, there's probably nothing more he would love than to see you. You know. Oh, yeah. We still talk all yeah, the time. We're actually sharing a hotel room together. And actually, I couldn't get two double beds, so we're sharing a bed, <laughs> a king bed together in a couple of weeks. Um, so we're good friends, right? And like he said it too. He, he even said to me, listen, if it's something you feel you need to do, do it. The last thing I would ever want to do is you feel like you're being held back or, you know, you feel like I'm holding back. He said, I want you to grow and have fun and do that, right? So we still have a fantastic uh, relationship. Yeah, that's amazing. And you and you open the door for somebody else. Yeah. Right to fill your role. Yeah. And so now that you're on your own, is it the Justin Little team? Are you building your own team? Are you well, working by yourself? Yeah, that's the plan. Right now, it's just... Uh, it's weird. I feel like a, I felt like a new agent when I left, but I had the experience of 12 years of selling real estate. So it wasn't really. I just... Things were just clicking. The team's coming. That's my two to three year plan. Right now, it's just me and an administrator okay. uh, who actually I met in university party days, which is hilarious. Perfect. Became a client, now my administrator. Amazing. Um, so uh, that's it for now. And then eventually I want to bring somebody on just to help me take off the buyer load so I'm not traveling as much. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I'd like to be able to have my business within three years where if I want to go away for three weeks, the business is unaffected. <laughs>
Let's say, yeah, I want to go to Costa Rica. Yeah. Somebody needs to listen. No problem. I'll do the calls. We'll do the videos, whatever we need to do. Yeah. But you want to go see a house, somebody else is going to take you. We need to list it to be in person. I have somebody here to handle that process. Yeah. It's a great idea. It's a great yeah. concept. Yeah. It's a great a, concept. Yeah, it's a great concept. Yeah. Two, 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 three years. It's funny to, to hear, um, to, to hear and see people in business and, and how they understand kind of their goal setting and planning and how it, how it really, how you can make, like manifesting it is critical. I say the first time you do anything, your timelines are always off. Mm-hmm. Usually in the other way, not it's, it's yeah. usually not faster than it is better. But um, yeah, that's amazing. I think it's I think it's a great thing to work towards. Um, and how do you get, how are you going to do that? How are you going to accomplish it? So obviously, the big thing is uh, marketing is the number one thing I find in business. People are in sales. They think that they have an issue with uh, with sales, but they don't really. The biggest issue with any business is marketing. Because in my opinion, marketing is whatever touches the public. You need to be doing enough to get out there to bring the leads in to even have to convert, totally. right? So I'm just expanding as much as possible. Like, you know, doing the TV show. On yeah, that's 14. what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, yeah doing the, uh, I got the YouTube channel, the Instagram, like all the social media stuff. Basically anything I can do. I'm actually going to start paying a guy starting next week where every time I do an open house on Saturday and Sunday, he's going to put out 20 to 30 open house signs around the property, just like that old guerrilla marketing where the name is everywhere, right? Yeah. So it's uh, just that expansion, right, to grow the business. And then with the admin taking off a lot of that uh, burden of the tedious paperwork and that, it allows me to get in front of clients more and grow that and then so. uh, go from there. And so talk to us about the TV, man, because I saw, well, I was, I was fortunate enough to be on the, on be on the on episodes. Yeah. yeah, but how'd you get involved in that? And just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that, I actually reached out to them and said, uh, you know, I'd like to have a TV show on cable 14, right? Cause I figured, I figured CHCH wouldn't give it to me because they got golfy and St. Jean spending fortunes on their advertising. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to reach out to cable 14. And I did. And I was like, Oh, look at my YouTube channel, you know, just so you can see that I'm not a complete weirdo on camera. And, uh, they messaged back and said, we'll put you on a couple segments on a different show first and see how it goes. Yeah. So I did those. And then afterwards, I didn't really hear anything for a couple months. And then she emailed me, uh, the lady there, Harmony, and she said, uh, we'd love to give you a show that's going to run for, uh, so it's running from November to May. That's amazing. Yeah. And so just for all the viewers listening in, he called the agency and asked that he wanted to be on TV. So, you know, just thinking outside the box for anyone tuning in, right? Like you create your own luck um, by doing things like that. And when I heard that, I was just beside myself laughing. Like, it's just so funny because no one would think of that. You have to. You Like you have to do. What's the worst case? Somebody's going to say no or not even respond. Yeah. Like I wanted to be on TV where let's start, let's just shoot it out there. Right. And trust me, this TV is, this is going to get leveraged into more stuff. Oh my God. Just the beginning. You know, I'm going to use that now to keep going. Right. And and it's also the experience of being on, on camera. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think so many people undervalue that, like, you know, um, that ability to be on camera, be calm, you know, have meeting cadence. I mean, I used to, I used to, I remember my first couple of podcasts, I'd be sitting here sweating. Yeah, just thinking about the camera, right? Now I can sit here for hours and just talk and and kind of get out there and get that exposure. And then also you be put in different situations and you speak at an event and you host something else. Yeah. So I think that's really cool, man. It's it's something you should be proud of. Um, How does that translate into like how do you cast yourself as you know the Justin Little experience? Like what does that look like for for people when they see you? Like how do you portray just 
great image? Do you sell? Like you were talking earlier a little bit about adding value. The biggest thing, yeah. So value is pretty much it. I think everybody focuses so much, especially I know I keep telling things to real estate, but I think it's with any business. Everybody always focuses on the end goal, which is getting the transaction to happen, right? But not a lot of people, not a lot of people overpromise and underdeliver. And I feel like a big thing that you need to do to succeed in any industry is I like to sort of underpromise and then overdeliver. Yeah. And then everybody's just like, wow, <laughs> you like that was great, right? And uh, and then the next thing that I'm really huge on is systems, system, system, systems. Like I want my business, when somebody comes to me, I want it to be like Starbucks where, okay, we can tailor your drink, but the way it's going to get delivered is going to be exactly the same for every single client. And then how can I improve the little pieces within each step to make yeah. it a greater experience? Because referrals is everything, right? Of course. And uh, if you do it right the first time with somebody, it grows exponentially. Yeah. And and, I, and they talk about that a lot in terms of, I know in real estate, they talk about a lot in any business, but I think real estate is one that's like referrals are really critical. Like mm-hmm. asking for a referral in, in real estate is normal. Where I find in some other businesses, especially plumbing, people are like, oh, we're a referral company. It's like, well, like, sure. How fast do you want to grow? Yeah. Because referrals is a good baseline, right? I, I, we always find in, in our industry, people are like, well, we're slammed. It's like, you have two people. You're three yeah. people. Of course you're slammed. You'll naturally just get busier because your capacity isn't increasing. But as you're building a team, referrals and systems are critical, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny, like you said, the referrals. And, it's, and I think part of the reason is we're sometimes two, three times in a lifetime for people that we actually deal with them, right? Yeah. Whereas you might, you're doing plumbing work, people constantly have issues in their house, in their properties and that, that you get to be involved in a lot of those points, right? 100%. Um, but the referrals is huge for sure, yeah. <laughs> so what's one of the most significant lessons you've learned in your tenure as, as an agent, but also in business? So you know what the biggest one was? And yeah. I actually got this out of a documentary, some kind of gangland documentary. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I knew you'd love this. Yeah. It was about either the Crips or the Bloods. I can't remember. It was something like years ago I watched. And the way these guys ran their drug business was they used to use the five Ps, which I think is actually a corporate thing. <laughs> okay. Proper fine. preparation prevents poor performance. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so this is what drug dealer they were saying, right? And I thought, man, that makes a lot of sense with real estate. And then I started thinking about, you know what? The more prepared I am, I notice you actually go into things and you get it done either quicker, more efficiently, or you make the sale faster. People trust you more just because you're going in, you're prepared for the situation. Mm-hmm. So anytime I do a presentation or anything, I just like to make sure that I'm fully prepared so that when I come in it it goes well. And break that down for us. Like what would that be in a, in a house purchase? So with a house purchase, one thing that, you know, an agent might, okay, an agent might show a house. Like somebody might take you out to show a house. They got the listing on their phone and you're there and you're like, what's the taxes? Hold on a second. And they're looking it up on their phone or something like that. I actually got this from my broker record, this idea and some that I implement now all the time is when we take people out to look at houses we have the listing, the entire history. I got photos of the old house. I got some street sales. I got everything. So it's basically when we're at the listing, I can answer any question you have. I can tell you what they paid for. We can look to see what they upgraded, what upgrades they did since they buy. It's just a whole different experience to help people understand the house better. Mm-hmm. And I find as a result, I'm actually showing people fewer houses and getting the transaction quicker because we just have more detail when we're there. Yeah. I can answer questions. I can help 
massage it along to make it happen. Right. Yeah, you've and it's so funny because I've been in those conversations. Um, I remember looking for my first house. Uh, <laughs> I specifically didn't use a realtor that I knew because I thought I'd be so nervous about um, like how I purchased. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, oh, I don't want to string someone along. I'm probably not going to be trigger happy. I was like leveraged to the tits. So I was, you know, my budget was my budget. And um what it showed me was a good experience versus a bad experience in, in realtors. Cause you know, now going through the process, it's like, yeah, like just like, this is what I want to know. And this is what I, I can expect. That's, um, but that little bit of preparation in any business, whether you're going into a sales meeting, whether you're going into an accounting meeting, like what are they looking for? What are the key measurables in the, in mm-hmm. the process? And then like, how do you properly explain it to people? Yeah. Like ask an agent if he's got a listing next time. Just be like, what schools, district is this in? Like what, what school is the closest school? You'd be surprised how many people don't know. Like it's crazy. Just then that's being prepared, right? That's Five wild. P's. <laughs> Let's hear it one more time. <laughs> the, five the five P's. P's yeah. Proper, Proper preparation, preparation prevents poor performance. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. So I just learned something today, and that is critical. But I'm also going to associate it with gangland. Yeah. It's either the Bloods or the Crips. I'm not sure. You have to Google it. So that kind of falls into our next question. But um, So along this journey, besides gangland, um, where do you get – where did you where did you find you get your most, like, prevent, uh, professional insight, support? So for years, it was through Matt. Because yeah. he was just an invaluable resource. I mean, the guy was slinging so much real estate and just had such a great network. So I learned a lot from him. Probably one of the biggest things uh, that I learned, and I've been following a lot recently, if you heard of Joe Polish, the, no. so he's all about giving. He's got some genius network. People pay like 25 grand a year to be a part of. And there's some huge, huge people that are members of this network. But the way that he gets people in and the way he always promotes himself in that is that he's a giver. He always gives first. And then if you give without expectation, you will receive back, right? Mm-hmm. So just kind of embracing that philosophy on top of the five Ps is yeah. uh, <laughs> just giving without expectation. It's amazing what happens. Like, I don't, I know we were talking, like you said, ask referrals. I've never asked for a referral. I just give and the referrals come yeah. without the expectation. I've never said to somebody like, oh, who do you know? Like, do you have like, I hate, I hate that line. Yeah. Well, who do you know that needs to buy or sell in the next year? <laughs> Right. I love it. It bleeds confidence. Right. Yeah. I think, I think I used to have a really hard time asking as well. Um, We've shifted as we scaled in the sense of understanding how critical it is to get referrals um, at scale. Mm -hmm. And I think, but like there's a, there's a book by Gary Vee. It's called jab, 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 right hook. And it's like, give, 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 um, ask, not receive. And like, that's the difference in terms of like, you know, where are you actually coming from? And so many people, it's a give and take, give and take, give and take. And I think uh, that concept really comes true. But sometimes it can be hard, especially when someone's, I feel like it's even worse on the other side when someone's like just taking. Yeah. Right. You're giving and they're taking it, taking yeah. it, taking it. Right. Instead of just receiving it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've reevaluated some business relationships because there's certain people that I'm referring tons of business to and. I'm not even getting a lunch out of it. I'm thinking, okay, like there's a certain point I got to start thinking about, I got to change things up a bit here. Yeah. Where do you add value to the people that care? Yeah. Yeah. That's critical. That's amazing, man. Um, I I think those are, those are massive. Um, And so you're talking about, you're going out, getting on TV, 
you're, you're innovating all over the place. Is there anything right now besides the five P's, TV, giving that you're, you're trying to innovate in your business? Consistency is the biggest thing that I know with that, but with innovation, I'm starting to play a lot with AI in terms of that. Okay. Because that's, I think going to be huge in real estate. Amazing. And I don't think that, uh, I don't think AI will replace real estate agents, but I think AI will eliminate real estate agents that don't know how to use it. I think it's those older guys that aren't on board with it. I think are going to get eaten up by it just because there's so much cool stuff happening with it and so much that you can do with it that you have to be current with this. So I'm putting a lot of focus on that. That's amazing. And then uh, social media is just something I'm making a push on this year like I never did before. Yeah. And, con- and consistency always beats motivation. Absolutely. Man, I'm telling you, like, I, I have to contact nine people three days a week. That's my goal. And from that, the growth, just from that, the small thing is incredible. So next year, that number will go up. But I had a goal this year and I exceeded the goal by wow. a significant amount. So, you, sorry, bring that back. You have to contact nine people three days a week or in nine, three so days a week? Call the triple play. I got to call, email, text, or message on Instagram three people, like with three different methods. So it works out to nine people every single day. So every day I'm either calling three people, texting people, three people, emailing three people, or messaging three people on Instagram, texting three people, emailing three people. Amazing. And just trying to do it to stay. And it's not about like, half the time it's not about real estate stuff. Yeah, it probably like, more, most of the time isn't. Yeah. Like sometimes even if I just see something and it reminds me of somebody out of the blue, I'll just shoot them a message and then, you know, that counts as a contact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I just great. do it because it's sales yeah. is a contact sport, that old saying, right? I love that. Sales is a contact sport. It's funny, but like staying top of mind is your job, not theirs. It's huge. And especially right now. Like in this market, I don't know when this is going to air, but in this market right now, there's a ton of agents that are leaving the business and because the, the deals are down. Deals have, de- like they went down 60% last year, total amount of sales. They really? went down even further this year. But my, like my sales are trending up. But the reason is, is a lot of agents are retracting right now because the business is getting slower. Whereas I'm expanding as much as possible, my marketing has doubled because this is where I want to grab market share. Yeah. You're slowing down. You're not staying in touch with your client. Well, guess what? I'll stay in touch with your client. And then when things get good, they're going to work with me and their friends are going to work with me because I was there in the time that things were doubtful. When things, nobody knew what was going on. I was there giving value and information. Right. It's so funny. It's, um, it, <laughs> yeah, it, we call it the double down and it's like, it's literally that that's the exact capacity. And, and I know I said today was about you, but it's, it's funny as we, uh, as, as everyone's retreating and, and, you know, shrinking and everything like that, like one of our suppliers was like, you're the only one I know that's opening a second location. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like in the, all in all the chaos and it's like no one. And I think for everybody listening out there, like, no one cares that you're doing good or doing bad. Mm-hmm. So like, if it always looks like you're doing great, perfect. Cause that's what you want them to see mm-hmm. behind the scenes can be different and the market can be, you know, challenging. And it's not that you want to mislead people, but like if your focus and core business is to, you know, pr- promote success, which means essentially success breeds success. Um, people want to sell with someone that's confident in their business. Mm-hmm. Someone that's retreating doesn't seem very confident. Yeah, man, I went to the office before this and it was like, I had to just shift my mindset on the car ride over. I was blasting some, because I was, people are so negative. Like, oh my God, it's terrible. One guy used the word bloodbath. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, but there hasn't been a single day 
in the history that there hasn't been a house that's sold. So I don't know what you're talking about. The houses are selling, right? It's just your mindset is messed. I'll but that. yeah, but like you said, like, <laughs> but like you said, like you're opening a second location. Like I know with the trades industry, because even I've slowed down on renovations. And yeah, that, of course. Because people don't want to spend it because there's that, what's going to happen? How long am I going to have to sustain these high payments and all that? Right. But what you're doing is you're expanding your market share. You're getting more reach. And when things do bounce back now, you're the name in the mind, right? hundred percent. And like, you know, those shifts. And, and again, for anybody listening in, in the early stages of their business, like there's shifts. There's always shifts. And understanding that you got to be able to shift with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you know, you kind of want to be that glue that that has a little elasticity. Um because there's always going to be these like kind of ebbs and flows, but some people call them ups and downs, but I don't, I don't like thinking of downs like, well, we're down. It's like, no, we're investing, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, we're investing in our processes and procedures and making sure that, you know, our employee journey or customer journey is great, right? Like there's always something you can do yeah. to work on your business. And then you strengthen it. And then when the big volume comes, you're prepared for it. You're ready. And you deliver that even better service. That's amazing. So, um, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Oh, this question I hate. I don't know what it would be. Oh, it's, yeah, I got into real estate, skipped university. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> get into it sooner so I could have hit the boom sooner. But yeah. um, one piece of, I, you know what the one piece of advice was? Just don't stress so much. Okay. Because it all works out in the end. Yeah. Like I used to find myself... Like for the first five years, I don't think I slept in real estate because I'd be stressed about a deal is not going to go through or this is happening, that's happening. They found this in the inspection and it would drive me nuts until I finally figured out like, you know what, it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, that's okay too. It'll just happen a little later, right? Like don't stress so much um, because at the end of the day, like I had this one neighbor that used to say to me, he'd be like, you know what? You woke up this morning without a tube down your throat, right? And he used to always say that to me. And I was like, you know what? He does have kind of a point though. You wake <laughs> up in the morning, I'm, you know, the whole day is ours. We can decide what we want to do. We're healthy. We're able to do things and uh, just don't stress about those little details. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Well, um, you know, listen, it's been an, an absolute pleasure to have him on the podcast um, without Guys like yourself, um, this couldn't be good. So uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, for everybody tuning in, guys, we couldn't have this podcast without you guys tuning in. Again, it used to just be my mom um, once in a while. And now it's all of you guys tuning in and and getting some value. So Justin, all his socials are going to be on there. Check out Team Little. Um, (laughs) Little name, big results. I love it. And uh, and, uh, we'll see you on the next show. Thanks, guys.